Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. You will be amazed by this episode and you will find it very informative because my guest is Kelsey Patel, who is a lame-based author, certified Reiki master, motivational speaker, meditation teacher, specializing in emotional freedom technique. So in this episode, Kelsey and I will be discussing so many great topics. So in this episode, we'll be discussing how to replace feelings of fear and lack of control, how to tune into yourself, what to do when you feel unbalanced, what is emotional freedom technique, or it's also called EFT, what are the simple and powerful practices to ground yourself, how to listen to your intuition, how to identify your spirit animal, and if you're seeking a change but don't know when is the right timing or which direction you should take, what you should do, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for being my guest. I'm so excited for this too. Let's dive in. We would love to learn more about you. So would you please tell us more about yourself and your journey? Yeah, of course. Um, I So my name is Kelsey Patel. I am. I live in Los Angeles. I have a beautiful husband and two stepsons um, that I are now 17 and 20. And I've been a stepmom to them since they were six and nine. Um, so that's sort of like my family life in uh, LA. And I kind of went on this journey. I never considered myself to be the type of person that would do the work that I do now in the world. Um, but my work now in the world is I'm an author of the book Burning Bright. And it's all about rituals, Reiki and self care to heal burnout, anxiety and stress. I'm a Reiki master and a Reiki master teacher. So I teach people how to do Reiki all over the world, um, and how to teach it if they so desire down the road. Um, I have a podcast called Magic Vibes and a product line. And yeah, my work in the world now is really just helping people heal from anything from physical pain to burnout, to um, feeling unworthy, to feeling having old patterns and belief systems that maybe they've just outgrown or they never received from to begin with. And we want to just clear out some of that old energy so that they can invite their true purpose and what they really came here to do. Oh, I love that. You have so many exciting things going on. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's really, it's funny. It's one of those things like I could have never imagined what 
my life would become. It makes so much sense to me now. Um, but you know, if, if you were to put all this stuff in front of me on a piece of paper and tell me when I was working on Capitol Hill in Washington, DC, my first job out of college, that I was going to be living in LA and doing all this stuff. And, you know, it's trying to sort of light the path for people to begin their healing journey, I would have completely thought you were insane. And I would have laughed in your face if you told me that this was going to be the work I did in the world. Yeah, I can only imagine. And, you know, mostly people who are very intuitive, who are doing Reiki healing, they had some kind of spiritual awakenings. And what was the turning point? Like, how did you start your spiritual journey? Yeah, for me, you know, I think you're right. Some people do have this very, um, like profound awakening. And I would say mine was more, mine was more long, um, term in terms of the journey. I, it took me a long time to really begin to like fully trust and fully dive into these practices. Even when I started to learn Reiki with my Reiki master and do meditations and, go to these pujas and go to all these different like amazing but like kind of out there events and retreats and I was going to all of them but I was still like kind of skeptical and I was still kind of not all the way in so I'd say my journey was more of like slow and I had to really dive into a lot of different things to be able to start incorporating them into my life and receiving their benefits. You know, I think the proof is in the pudding. So you can try so many different things, but there is something to be said about consistency and continuity. And, you know, if you go to five yoga classes, it's a very different way of showing up to your mat after you've done 500. So I think that was part of it for me was not just going on the journey, but really taking my time with it. And I came to a lot of these practices because I had very severe back pain. I talk a lot about it in my book and I'm shocked at how many people have reached out to me, um, you know, out of sort of out of the blue and told me how much they could relate to my story in the book, which I didn't. I had no idea that that was going to happen. Um, I just wrote the book for the me that would have needed this book 10 years ago that didn't have it. It was me having to like work through a lot of this very, very tough physical pain and a lot of anxiety that I didn't know was anxiety. I thought I was just like a go-getter and a somebody who was excited about achieving things, but I didn't realize that my goals and my my drive was fueled by anxiety. Whereas now my goals and my drive feels fueled by divinity. It feels fueled by a sense of connection to God, to, to, to just wanting to help and be out in the world. Does that, if that makes sense? Oh yeah, totally. Sometimes it takes us time to realize where we're heading to, like when it's given to us at first, we don't realize the direction, but after kind of over time, we realize where it, it was leading us to. Yeah. I had, I started practicing yoga 12 years ago and I had back pain. That's why I started, but I've done gymnastics before, rhythmic gymnastics. And I loved yoga because you do a lot of stretching and it's a lot of flexibility. And so I love that. And it definitely helped with my back pain. But at that time, yoga was just like workout for me. And after, like, years later, when I kind of had my spiritual awakening, like, 
most people had recently. And when I do yoga now, I different like I definitely have different feelings and it definitely gives me like different vibe and I get out of the practice like totally different things. Yeah, I I so feel that. I think that was to be honest, I think that's where so many people do start their spiritual journey and you're right. You know, there's no better or worse if you're just now becoming curious about these things and and stepping on your yoga mat or trying a Reiki session, like that's amazing. And I think my message to people though, is because we live in a very immediate gratification society and people don't enjoy the idea of, oh, you can become, you know, whatever it may be like an amazing yoga teacher or a, a, a mentor and a coach or a Reiki healer, but it, it might take a few years nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> They're like, let me do a weekend certification and then get to call myself this, like this teacher. And my, and I love that. I, I love students desire and curiosity and um, intention, but I also just think that there's an important reminder about how beautiful it is to go on it as a journey and not try to rush or race yourself to this proverbial finish line. Because I think that's it's just doing a disservice to yourself and ultimately the the students or the people that you work with down the road I don't know if that's been your experience as well yeah yeah it's been the same and also do you have to have like special skills to become Reiki master I mean you kind of do but with enough practice like can anyone be or you have to be like super intuitive you have to have this calling and some kind of special talents that's a great question I actually believe we all have the ability to do Reiki on ourselves. And when it comes to like, I think everyone would benefit from becoming Reiki one certified because you're really, we all have Reiki inside of us. You know, it's, it's universal life force. It's the same thing as that connection to prana in yoga, the Shakti. If you get acupuncture, they're tapping into the chi of your body to create that flow and harmony. And it's the same thing with Reiki. If you break down the word Reiki, R-E-I-K-I, the ray of Reiki is about sort of that universal open energy. It could be God energy. It could be um, spirit, whatever you sort of associate with as that higher essence and energy. And then the key of Reiki is really that same idea of what the chi is, that life force energy within our bodies. So in Reiki, you're, you're bringing balance and harmony to the mind, body, and spirit. So you're tapping into that universal life force to help harmonize the key, the chi energy within you. And to me, it's like, why wouldn't everybody want that, you know, to be able to, at your own fingertips, do this healing on yourself. And when you get Reiki one certified, you can Reiki your plants, you can Reiki your animals, your children, your family. Um, you know, the, the possibilities are limitless with what you can Reiki. And what I've seen in the hundreds of students that I've been fortunate enough to work with over the years is true transformation because they begin to recognize the power within that they have for their own healing. And I don't think that that's anything that can be taken away once you become aware of it and you feel it and you tap into it. So yeah, I think everyone, everyone has the ability, it's already in you. Um, 
it's just a matter of preference, really, you know, if you want to go down this path, um, people can find, of course, healing modalities in many other forms. So maybe Reiki isn't the form that they want to tap into. But to me, it's like anything that can make you feel more empowered and more capable of being your own guru, your own healer is a beautiful gift to oneself. Sometimes it might be scary for some people who they're not you know, as experienced, maybe who are just starting doing it. Like I am intuitive. And when I get some things, I kind of get scared of it. I used to, it used to give me like a lot of anxiety. Now I learned how to control it. I kind of sense it more, but before it was definitely like wild feelings. And this Reiki, when you, I've tried for the first time last week and it was amazing. I really felt like myself after I really loved it. And, you know, when somebody experienced does it for you, it goes well and perfect. But are there any like side effects? Can you like, if someone maybe starting or, I mean, not even just starting, maybe someone who's been doing it for a while, like mm -hmm. master, can they have like some kind of shifts that can go wrong? That's a beautiful question. You know, I think with anything, um, it's really important to be to know what grounds you and what can help support you and clear you. I mean, I've certainly made mistakes along the way as a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master and a Reiki master teacher of, you know, not knowing what my balance was and going too far, kind of, if you will, like pouring from an empty cup and I really suffered from it or, you know, working with people who were suicidal or people who had um, a brain tumor who ultimately passed away, you know, like I've been in some pretty, um, pretty intense scenarios with different humans going through different things. And there've definitely been times where I've given too much and I've gone too far um, and, you know, been sort of in bed for a couple of days because I just wiped out all of the energy that I had. So I've definitely learned my, my balance and how to sort of find that rhythm. And I think some of that comes with like anything, right? It's like falling to learn how to stand and to walk and all those things. Um, but I do think, you know, for anybody who's Reiki curious, if you, haven't ever had a, um, a session, I always recommend getting a session with someone that you maybe get a recommendation from. Um, I, I certainly don't want to put it out there that you can't go out and get a session from somebody that you meet or somebody that you feel called to, or maybe a name keeps popping up or something. I think that's all part of the intuition that we have. Um, but I've certainly had people reach out to me that they've had Reiki sessions that made them feel worse than better. Um, and I hate hearing that it, it's, it's hard to hear that, but, you know, I think it, that's also part of the learning is like not or maybe that person had a scenario where it was important for them to learn how to trust their instinct or, or to keep their, you know, their intuition strong and say, you know, this isn't working for me. I don't feel good. And I'm going to get up and leave whatever it may be. So I, I think there is a lot that can sort of happen in that because it's such a sacred for me it's such a sacred experience to connect energy with another human being um, and each person may have their own 
um, baggage, if you will, that they're bringing to something. So that's why I also go back to what I said earlier. I think teachers who really spend time and years practicing and doing the work are probably the ones where you know they have the ability to sort of remove their ego and just like tap into to that connection. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And, you know, I've had bad experiences before. They were not like Reiki healing, but different healings. And those were, they actually made me feel worse. Yeah, they can be really jarring. Yeah, it was scary for me. Like I, I had more anxiety. It was worse than I had felt before. And last week I've had, it was amazing. It was actually, it made me feel like myself. Myself before I've had all the anxiety, all the craziness that happened to me. But as of now, I know it takes a lot of energy for you to heal people. And do you do it in, in sessions like group sessions or just individual sessions? Yeah. So it's funny because then I, I think a lot of Reiki masters would connect with this. You know, I've been doing it now for so many years that as as a human being, we we continue to transform and evolve and change. So I used to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions. I used to at one point have people coming to my home and I had a room set up. I've done, um, I've owned a few different healing centers or had like an office in a building with a bunch of other like counselors and psychiatrists and had an office there. So I've sort of um, shifted over the years as I I've felt called to shift within my practice. And now actually when COVID hit, I hadn't done a lot of one-on-ones for a while because there was a point where I had um, a six-week wait list and I was booked out and I was starting to feel very overwhelmed um, because I was doing so much Reiki every week and I just was starting to not feel the joy because it just felt sort of suffocating to know that all these people were waiting to get in with me and it didn't really even matter if I, whatever my price was. And so it started to feel out of alignment for me. Um, and I knew that I needed to make a change. So I did. And then quarantine came and that was also when I was writing my book. So it was like a perfect time to shift. Um, and then quarantine came and I was like, you know what, I'm going to put up 30 minute virtual sessions. And I just did a few a week and it was so so joyful to do those sessions virtually. And I actually started to sort of channel rather than just Reiki. And I mean, it's crazy, but people were having like massive shifts in like 10 to 12 minutes. And so like by the 15th minute, I was like, well, all right, I guess, I guess we're wrapped up here then. Like, do you need anything else? And they were like, no, I feel pretty complete. So I don't know, I guess all that is to say, like, it just keeps shifting and transitioning. And right now um, I'm not doing the private sessions because I am actually developing an app to be able to do distance Reiki healing and Reiki sound healing and um, movement and lots of other stuff. So I don't know, for me, I, I kind of keep falling into whatever I intuitively feel called to do. And I have to say, it feels so freeing <laughs> to be in this type of rhythm with stuff. Yeah, it's very interesting what you're doing. And I feel like in the group session, you combine all that energy in the room or whatever. I mean, just when you in general all together at the same time. And I think it's kind of even increases everything even more. Oh my God, yes. I used to do events with 400 people and I would Reiki 400 people. like, And it was incredible, but 
I actually couldn't drive after like my husband or assistant or somebody would come with me and I'd get in the car and they'd be like, you need to pull over because you're going to get us in a car accident. Cause my energy was just so like wide open and up and out that I wasn't grounded back down yet. So it would take a while, but I love those group events because everyone is vibing off of each other. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. How do you replace feeling of fear and lack of control? Oh, good question. Um, So for me, fear, and I talk about this in the book too, like there's the acronym, I didn't make it up, but it's a very well-known acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R. And so I think, you know, whenever I feel fearful, I remind myself of that acronym first and foremost, that like fear isn't, this is an illusion of something that's not actually here yet or real. Um, So it makes me sort of create an offering to myself of diving a little deeper. What is, what is this really Kelsey? What is, what is the fear really? And I have to be honest, a lot of times it's excitement, but I'm so used to using fear as the feeling of the joy because it's the unknown. So that's kind of my, my first tip is to just dive into whatever that fear is. So you're not on that spin cycle of just spinning around yourself and then you don't get anything done and you don't move anything forward because you're just in this, this spin of fear. And when it comes to control, I mean, oh, I love control. I love, I love believing the illusion that I have control, which I don't. Um, so that's been one that I have been working on for years. Um, and to me, honestly, the opposite of control is surrender. So any time that I, and sometimes it'll happen for like 10 minutes and then I realize my control is up. And I'll give myself this really beautiful permission to just place my hands on my heart, take some deep breaths. And as I exhale, I just see the control like dissipating and letting go. And I invite surrender and I I give it to the universe. I give it to my spirit team and I just tell them to show me the way. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone, especially in a time like now where so much of our safety has been stripped away from us, we're all reaching for things we can control. And I would say, you know, the more you can invite surrender, the more you can actually feel freedom in the day and not so much of the pain that comes with control and fear. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a creature of habit, but I like some kind of stabilities, like, like to know something in advance sometimes. And, you know, to know outcome sometimes is great, but yeah, this year totally kind of taught us to have different perspective on things. A hundred percent. And I think it's a beautiful thing, actually. You know, I would ask most of the people listening to just check in with themselves and say, you know, I'm sure that many of us have had curveballs thrown at us this year in ways we've never imagined. And rather than fighting them, can you learn how to move with the energy. And so you can actually hit a home run. You know, it's like you, it is possible when you get a curveball to hit a home run. You just have to learn how you need to adapt and adjust your life and your day and how you, even if it's the smallest adjustment of like, you know what? 
I'm just going to start my morning with 10 minutes of journaling and that's it. And that will maybe break me open to some clarity that I have an intention for the day. And that is enough. And maybe it's committing to getting outside for a 30 minute walk and that's enough. But those little things that you can control in terms of how you can show up to the day and show up for yourself. I think those are, that's the medicine for this time is those little things that we do get to choose is to make sure that you make space for them. Yeah, absolutely. How do you tune in into yourself? What are your best practices? I mean, honestly, it's, it's nothing new that people probably haven't heard. It's getting quiet, you know, as, as busy as, some of us can still be or you know the run around and the like going everywhere or trying to get everything done in a day stillness just getting quiet you know taking a few minutes this morning for example I woke up and my husband had to leave early for um, a chiropractic appointment and I woke up and I very slowly and gently like had my water I had a detox tonic and I decided that I was going to just turn on some music. I lit a candle, opened up the doors in my house to let some fresh air in. And I sat down with my pen and a piece of paper and I just wrote out some of my intentions for today. And they included some of the things that I knew already were on my calendar, but they included a couple other things that I just checked in with myself and asked, what do I, what do I really feel will nourish me and support me and help me today. And I wrote them down and, and I'm doing them. And I think that brief alignment is so critical right now. It's like the micro breaks that we take in the day to check in with ourselves, create the macro experience of what's happening. Yeah. Like this little things really matter right now. They like when I started implementing them in my routine I felt so much better and more like calmer more grounded yeah and I you know the thing is is we're all gonna have one star days meaning we're all gonna have the days because this is that's just life you know like that's not even um a negative. That's just part of life you're gonna have five star days and you're gonna have one star days and the one star days it's okay to be a one star to like need you wake up in the morning and you're like I'm still exhausted this happened to me the other day and I was trying to fight it and I was like fuck it I'm gonna go back to bed and I laid back down at 10 a.m and I slept for an hour and a half and I felt fantastic when I woke up and so I think you know there's just also this idea of radical permission to be wherever you're at and not try to force yourself to be or feel something other than what you are. Cause I think that's what really causes burnout is this separation of self. It does. And funny thing about our body, like our body, let us know when we need to slow down. It's just us. We don't listen to it all the time. We ignore it so much. That's why burnout happens. Yeah. And you know, and You'd be shocked at how many, I mean, I do a lot of corporate retreats, like virtual corporate retreats now, or like, you know, different wellness events for companies, big companies. And you'd be shocked at how many people still have such a hard 
time accepting that they're human, <laughs> that they aren't meant to be like this robot that works and does, you know, eight hours of computer time every day. And, you know, I think we've all learned or learned to believe that being productive means you're more worthy or you're more valuable. And I, I really try to have people check in with that value system and ask them if they really think that that's true. Because I believe that's actually in just another form of self-sabotage and self-suffering. And I call it a lot of times, this is just needless suffering, you know, to force yourself. Like if I had forced myself to stay awake the other day and just like push through the morning, my whole day would have been dragging in a little bit shit. And I didn't, I knew better. And I was like, I'm just going to lay back down and whatever happens, happens. And I know I'm an entrepreneur. So I also have, you know, have that flexibility. But as you know, being an entrepreneur can sometimes be the opposite where you then don't remember to turn off and not do stuff, you know, because it is your business and your work. So every one of us sort of has different choices that we have to make every day for our overall well-being. And I just want people to remember, like, you're not a machine. You do need rest. You, you are going to suffer. That's part of being human. And you're going to have one star days and three stars and five stars and just show up to being 100% of that one star. I'm still struggling sometimes with being able to turn off. Even my parents call me a robot because I'm like busy all the time and I don't stop and my mom always tells me like you have to stop like you have to take a break so I'm trying to learn and then trying to implement it better in my routine because then burnout makes you unproductive and it's even worse. I 100% agree with that and I think you know I do think there's something to be said about when you're in your 20s and your early 30s that is a lot of the time where you're kind of trying to like find your purpose and then prove your passion and prove your worth and your value. And like, there is sort of this mentality of like, I've got to hustle and I've got to grind right now. And I, I 100% subscribed to that belief system when I was younger, but I now recognize everything's going to get done, you know, like everything that really needs to get done is going to get done. And there's just two different ways that you can show up to it. You can suffer through it, or you can like enjoy the journey and you can start to see the things that you do in your life as creative endeavors, as, as beautiful creativity and opportunity. And I think just, it's like the, the lens, whatever set of glasses you're going to put on for that day, are you going to put on your fear and your lack and your um, control glasses on? Or are you going to put on the joy and the freedom and the choice of how to show up glasses? And I think if that's maybe like the most simple analogy for people is just, just check in with yourself when you're at your computer, like how how anxious am I as I'm typing this email? Okay, really anxious. So I need to go take a break and then I'll come back to it. And guess what, guys, when you come back to that email, it's going to flow out of your fingertips and it's going to be like nothing ever <laughs> happened. So that, I guess, is the way I try to tell people when they're learning about burnout and they're maybe starting to recognize that they could in fact be burning themselves out, burning the candlestick at both ends, to just 
start to create space for these micro breaks in your day so that you can check in and then you can adjust and choose a different pattern. You know, it's like, oh, I watch, I do my work all day and then I turn on Netflix and I just like think I'm resting while I'm watching three hours of Netflix but that's not actually rest. So maybe you take a 30 minute lay down or 30 minutes of reading a book or 30 minutes of just like closing your eyes and listening to music, that's rest. And then you can go watch two and a half hours of TV or whatever it may be. I love how you described everything. I totally agree with you. That's so true. It's easy, right? Yeah, definitely. What is an emotional freedom technique? Yeah, EFT is one of my absolute favorite go-to. I hate the word hack because um, it sounds so aggressive, but if for lack of a better word in this podcast, um, it is my like number one hack to shifting anxiety, like emotional turmoil, pain, any like resentment, grief, despair, um, anger, you know, any of those like really big emotions, whenever I could do three minutes of EFT and I can feel a shift inside my whole body. So EFT stands for emotional freedom technique. Um, It's also known as tapping. There are tons of EFT videos on YouTube for anyone who's interested to just like quickly pull up and try it. Um, I, on my new app, I'm gonna have a bunch of short EFT videos for like, EFT for anxiety, EFT for pain, EFT for um, guilt, like whatever it may be for abundance. So basically what you're doing in EFT is you're using your two pointer and middle finger of your dominant hand and you're tapping on these different, it's mostly like above, right around the chest and above on the, and into the head. You're tapping on these different areas of the body where um, you could call them acupressure points or just a, a spot where a lot of nerve endings come together. And so you're actively tapping on these different parts of the body. One of the spots is right between the eyebrows. The other spot is at the side of the the temple, underneath the eye, under the nose, on the chin. So just these, these different spots on the body. And as you're tapping, you're speaking out loud and addressing the thing like head on. So it could be anxiety. And so you'd say, even though I have all of this anxiety, I deeply and profoundly choose to love and accept myself anyways. And so you're kind of like addressing the issue, but then you're also reinstating and reaffirming that you are going to show up to yourself and for yourself at the same time. That's a really simplified way to explain it, but um, I... I love EFT. I've done it with so many clients. Um, Whenever I would do public workshops, we'd do group EFT and people would be crying. And it's just an amazing way to move emotional energy in the body. Um, And I'm, I'm a huge fan and a huge proponent of it. You know, I've tried because one of the healers told me before when I had anxiety, he told me to tap like, you know, this bones on our neck, like kind of the bottom of our neck. Yeah. Tap in between. And it worked for me like when I had anxiety on the plane yes yeah it kind of distracts you it does help actually I guess it does something to your mind distracts your mind from anxiety yeah it's like a diffuser it's kind of the way I like to describe it it's like an immediate it diffuses 
It's almost like if you're a, a boiling pot and the bubbles are boiling and the lid's about to explode, explode. EFT is like you suddenly turned the temperature all the way down to simmer and everything starts to like leave and, and release from the body. And what are you simple and powerful practices to ground yourself? For grounding, um, I right now I've been using this practice where it's super simple. Um, I'll just it could be standing, sitting. It's like whenever I know that I'm not grounded or if I'm about to do um, like a, a big virtual Zoom or um, an Instagram live or whatever it may be, I will imagine my feet going all the way down in the earth, like through the soil, through the roots, like down through the bedrock, all the way down, 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 down into um, what is called Pachamama's belly. So like the, like the womb, the like inside of the earth. And I just feel a connection from my feet all the way down through the earth into that core. And I just ask for whatever I need to clear and release um, to transmute to the highest and best, to go through the soil and the roots and to just clear and transmute and then to receive sort of that well of nourishment and replenishment and grounded earth energy from um, from the mother, from the womb of Mother Earth. Oh, wow. That's interesting because I only used one where I just picture myself. I have like roots, like, you know, like a tree has just going down to ground, but I haven't pictured that actually going actually deep into the earth and all that. That's, that's very interesting. I need to it's try. really beautiful. Yeah. Like you can uh, even, I even tell people like you can try it before bed. Um, you know, when you're laying there, just like feel your feet opening up and then see like the roots of you almost like you're, um, you know how we see like the nerves, um, almost like that energy, but it's like your roots going through your feet, opening up and then just going down. And I live part-time in our apartment building in downtown LA. And so I have to go like all the way down to the earth and then through the cement and then through the rock and through the roots. And as that's happening, I just ask to please clear and transmute the energy from the day or the people I've encountered to just like clear and release energy. Um, if you've had any like major encounters with people, I will sometimes, um, a shaman taught me this, I will sometimes envision the people that I've seen that day, like in my third eye, and I'll send their energy that I may have picked up or that they may have tried to project onto me or give to me that I send all of their energy back to them as they send my energy back to me and like see a completion and a closure of our energies um, from that day. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. I never heard of that. It's nice. Just like, you know, in case if, you know, have you ever had that feeling where you're just like, oh, I just feel like this person is kind of like still, still yeah. like here. And it's not, they're not bad. You're not bad. It's not that. It's just energy is very, very um, powerful. And so it's just a nice way. It's almost like a, um, like how you would brush your teeth. It's like energy hygiene, you know, to just clear that energy off. It's like oral hygiene is the energy hygiene. And then as I go to bed, though, I, I go back to those roots and I and I ask that the earth, like, please refill me and restore and replenish my body as I'm sleeping for me to wake up um, and feel that connection in the morning. To uh, The way to cleanse is like you imagine everything going down to earth, but for the way to actually attract things. And I know sometimes they say you have to envision the light coming through your crown chakra and going down 
like or you envisioning just like a ball of light in your um, kind of chest and what is your practice for it? Yeah, you know, to me, it actually goes all the way back to what we talked about earlier, which is surrender. So I love writing down intentions and I often recommend, you know, and I, I talk about how to do these rituals in the book, but um, I love new moon or new month energy to connect to that idea or like my birthday. So like your solar return or the new year, sort of just any of these um, more symbolic connections are great times to reconnect with your intentions and your goals. So I love writing them down on paper. I'll Reiki the paper. Um, and I, you know, to me, I think I, I agree with everything you said. I also just love this idea of an open heart, you know, like a rose, a rose garden in your heart or a rose quartz crystal in your heart. And just like this beating, beautiful, open energy of of feeling what it's like to receive those things as if they already exist for you. So you can calibrate your energy to being able to be one of abundance and receptivity. You know, I think oftentimes it's as simple as turning on your receivers. You know, I used to do these workshops about receptivity to really have people sort of energetically practice what it's like to feel the state of abundance and like see and actually imagine themselves touching, holding, um, you know, visioning the amount of money they want in their bank account, their lover in bed next to them, their future child, like whatever it is, so that you can actually really feel that energetic vibration. And then it goes back to what I was saying is just surrendering it, being like, okay, universe, spirit team, guardian angels, God, whatever, you know, your thing is, this is my, these are my, these are my current intentions. This is my current energetic connection and like whatever and however you believe it's best for me and my highest and best and the highest and best of all beings for this to make manifest, like I, I give it now to you. And then you just kind of keep going in life and like, you got to show up, you have to do some action, you know, to show the universe that you mean it. But there is a really big part of that that's also surrendering and letting it go i agree with you and also keeping open heart and open mind for abundance and receiving things being able to accept things because sometimes we want things but we are not ready to accept them yes i used to always want when i started learning reiki just to give an, an example like i always wanted to be able to do events like i could see it these events with hundreds of people I was nowhere near ready to be able to hold that amount of energy in that container and hold that space. And I would do events. And honestly, two people would show up when I was getting started. This was like 10 plus years ago. And then sometimes eight people and that was big. And then sometimes I would put a workshop up and no one would sign up. And that is part of the process, you know, is for me, at least it was part of my process was to keep showing up, to keep trying, to keep like growing. And I think so often we get so fixated on like bigger is better and more is more. And I just, it's like what I've said earlier about, you know, becoming a teacher and whatever it is, there's such a beauty and an elegance to the journey. And I just want people to give themselves that permission to, to go on the journey of being the student. Yeah, that's interesting fact, actually, because sometimes we just 
don't even think about the process we only think about oh my god it's so painful to get where we want to be but just take time and enjoy it and keep going through this but without like any you know hate or kind of or comparison you know comparison is the thief of joy so that's not again my quote at all um I actually don't know I think it's like a former president I gotta remember whose it is because I love saying it and reminding people of it is it's true if you think about anytime you compare yourself to another person it kind of immediately strips the joy out of that experience of the creativity and the process of becoming in the creative like journey and exploration and and the trying so I think and I'm still guilty of it I still sometimes do it too but I know better now and I can immediately feel the feeling when I go into comparison and I just like there's room for all of us you know so whatever you see and it's like a visceral dream and a feeling that you have keep going. It's going to come and it will be yours, but you also get to just surrender and trust that the process and the journey to get you there is exactly what you need to be in the right space when it arrives. Absolutely. I use this quote a lot in the comparison thief of joy for social media. It's like my go-to quote. Yeah, it's so good. And what do you think about spirit animals? Like, How do you identify your spirit animal? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. It's so funny because one of my very best friends I've taught, um, she was also one of my, she was my one of my best friends first. And then she forced me to actually like teach her Reiki. So she was the catalyst for me. I had been teaching for a while and then I stopped and she was the catalyst for me to get back into teaching several years ago. So she studied with me for several years and became a Reiki master teacher. And we were just having this conversation the other day because she's, incredibly connected to the animal kingdom like animals come to her in her dreams she can hear animals speak she does animal communicating her name's heather martin and i have this website on um, this page on my website for super healing and it's all these beautiful humans that i've either taught reiki to over the years or have had in my life as practitioners and you can book sessions with them and we just had this amazing epiphany that she is going to start doing sessions for people to connect and tap into their spirit animals. So it's so crazy that you just asked that. But, you know, for me, I think, I think spirit animals can come in many different forms. I've done different sweat lodges and been given like my spirit animal name. Um, It's she who dances with dolphins, uh, which is so perfect for me because I love, I dance all the time. You can see, I know, I love you, right? You see my dancing videos on Instagram, (laughs) on IG stories. Um, They're so great. I like live for connecting people to dance. So, and I love dolphins. I've always loved dolphins. And, but, I also think we get messages from the spirit community of animals every day. So like if you're out on a walk and you keep seeing this hummingbird or you see um, the owl or the hawk or you, you know, whatever it is, or you hear the owl when you're falling asleep, like I just always invite that spirit animal to share its message with me. And then you might hear something, you might see something, you might feel something, you know, we all sort of learn in different ways or connect in different ways. 
So that for me is my connection with spirit animals, but I would encourage anyone who's spirit animal curious to um, go to the website and book your session with Heather. She's incredible. Um, And I think there's a lot that the animal kingdom can share with us. I love it. I would have to do it because I'm always was curious about mine. And I know so many people are discovering their spirit animals right now and they talk about it a lot everywhere. So yes. I was like, oh my God, I want to know mine. We have to get you. I'll get you one. That'll be my gift to you for this podcast. Is <laughs> I'm going to gift you a session for it because I really want you to have the experience with her. Nice. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> if yeah. you're seeking a change, but you don't know when it's the right time or which direction you should take, um, what should you do? Oh, that's so good. So I have two pieces of advice. One, remember that not choosing is also a choice. Like if you are tuning in and you really can't tell if you're, if you're leaning into yes or to no or to whatever the, the, the thing you're deciding on is, give yourself permission to say, okay, that's my choice. Right now, my choice is that I'm not going to make a choice. Um, because I think we forget that as an option. And so, and sometimes if things are causing you more stress and angst than they are like positivity and freedom and, and joy and feeling well, then it's time to just maybe put it on the back burner because you don't have the clarity yet and that's okay. So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is I'm a huge believer in astrology and biorhythms and sort of your, each of us has our own unique blueprint. And so I will often um, go to, I mean, I don't do it all the time, but if I have something big, like, should we sell the house or is it time to like do this new project or whatever it is? And I really feel like I know that I'm almost at a choice, but I need a little bit of clarity or a little nudge, or I want to do it in the most you know, I want to do it in the most, with the most divinity and the most like connection for myself, I will tap into an astrologer or like a tarot card reader. I have a couple that are my like go-tos and they're dear friends of mine. They've been on my podcast. Um, And I, that's where I would say if, and again, not everybody may want to do that or may have the resources and whatever it is. So don't stress if that's not you, but I just, that's the way I sort of create my decision making is either one, it's not evident yet. I haven't had enough stuff put in front of me to know what my answer is. So I'm just going to choose not to choose right now. And the second one is to ask for help to get support and have somebody who's an expert in astrology and whatever it may be to like really do a little deep dive with you to see what's aligning and what's coming up for you. So you can make a decision that's maybe again, everything can be auspicious, but maybe it's going to be a little more auspicious in a graceful way for you. If you get that extra information. I believe in astrology too. And I always go by it. Like my astrology predictions for a year, I always get like charts and Sometimes I feel like when I decide not to take any action, sometimes it does happen for the best. Like Yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's like, and I think people put so much pressure on themselves to like have to move forward or have to decide. And I would just tell you, like, no, you don't. Like says who, you know? And so I think giving yourself that permission to say my choice is no choice right now. And that's a choice. 
yeah and sometimes all of a sudden your decision like best decision comes into your mind and you can do it that way yeah or even better like sometimes it's made for you like oh shit they actually don't have the thing that i needed for this to happen in this month so there's my decision like thank you thank you angels and whenever something like that happens I always communicate like, thank you, angels. Thank you, spirit. Thank you, God. Like whatever it is to just say, like, thank you. I know that this was something that I was thinking about and you just showed me exactly what it's meant to be. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I did too. I always think, and sometimes, I mean, not sometimes I try to start every day with gratitude, name all the things I'm thankful for. Mm, I love that. Better, Yeah. And also you were on Wonder Pump Rules. Oh, Vanderpump Rules. Yes. <laughs> How was that experience? That was, you know, it was great until they, they aired it. And then they had created this like insane, wacky, out of nowhere storyline. Um, I'm a very, like, very married, happily married in love woman. And they made this whole storyline of like, me and the main person that was yeah. part of it yeah like as if there was some like love lingo and affair and I was like what and I don't really watch a lot of reality tv so I never even watched the show but I have friends who are like diehards and people who follow me that I didn't know how big of a show it was that are like diehard fans who were so upset when they saw how it was edited in that way. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. If anything, I'm hopeful that I know for a fact, because people did message me, um, that people found out about Reiki and EFT and practices that they'd never seen or heard of before. So that actually is sort of my takeaway from it is I got to leave the information about Reiki out into the world. And hopefully if it helped one person, then that is that's enough for me. Yeah, I watched the show, but I didn't take it that way. I just got a message about Reiki. And Good. I See, there you yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. And here we are. So that works. Yeah, I met Lisa Wonderpump. Yeah, oh, you that. did? Yeah, yeah, I did. How funny. Well, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've met I've used to do um, Reiki for Tamara from uh, the Real Housewives of Orange County, and there was a moment where she wanted me to be on the show, and I was like, no, I don't think I think my days with reality TV are over. That experience. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm good. Thanks so much, though. And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all your information. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so everything is just at Kelsey J. Patel. At Kelsey J. Patel is my Instagram. If you want to come see my dancing on my IG stories, um, it's also um, Kelsey J. Patel is my website. Um, my podcast is called Magic Vibes, Magic with a K. And my app will be coming out soon. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can get get connected to it. Nice. I actually, you know, I love dancing too. And for me, it kind of releases all the bad like energy. If I feel something, feel tension or something, it kind of gives me those endorphins. And I feel like it's a big release for your body. Like, what does it feel to you? Yeah, honestly, it's the same. It feels so freeing and it feels so full of, it just like brings joy and freedom back up in my body. So 
sometimes I'll maybe feel a little stagnation and I'll just put on an amazing, like, I think all of us have those few songs where no matter what, you can't not smile and like be in a little bit of a good mood. So that's my go-to. Anytime I work out or move my body, I do a little bit of dancing during the movement practice. Um, and those will all be on the app that I'm creating is like movement with dance, like freestyle dancing. Cause I just think we forget that you don't need permission to dance alone and dance with yourself and have joy. Yeah. It's like for those who are listening, if you're depressed or you're in a bad mood or somebody upset, you just start dancing because it's going to make you feel so much better. Right. <laughs> it makes every time I'm just like, God, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. It was fun. Thank you for being my guest. Have a great rest of your day. You too. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You can find Not Basic Blonde podcast on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories. And you can always DM me on Instagram as well. It's Not Basic Blonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.